This is Unbeaten. Thanks for tuning in. Great to have you listening. Live from Amherst, Massachusetts, in the basement of the Murray D. Lincoln Campus Center, broadcasting on WMUA 91.1 FM and online streaming. Today is Tuesday, October 30th. We have a great topic today, so let's get things started. And here we are Tuesday morning on WMUA 91.1. My name is Ryan Beaton, and like you just heard, you're listening to The Unbeaten Show. Big news happening two days ago. Sunday night, Red Sox win the World Series. We will get to that uh, because it's very exciting. We'll get to that on the second half of the show right now. We will talk about UMass women's basketball, though. Women's has a game coming up on October 31st, Halloween. So you're going to want to tune in to WMUA for coverage of that game. Uh, 91.1 FM will be covering that game against UMass Dartmouth. And like I said, it's an exhibition game. They're going to start off the season um, against the, what is it, the the Buccaneers or something, I forget. Uh, but yeah, UMass Dartmouth coming to the Mullins. Me and Cam Sebert will have the call for that game. And right now we'll do a little previewing of that game. I also sat down for media availability yesterday uh, to talk to Coach Verdi, Haley, Di- Haley Lydell, and Jessica George. Uh, so we'll play a few of those sound bites in a second. Uh, Because there's not a whole lot to preview so far, just because the season hasn't really started, there's not a whole lot of, um, let's say, storylines going on. What we'll do is we'll just go through uh, a broad, you know, a quick sweep of the entire team statistics from last season, sort of a broad look at the team. That's about as best we can do in terms of previewing this game against uh, this exhibition game against UMass Dartmouth. So just really quick, looking at players who had the most minutes last season. Right off the bat, you see that Haley Lydell clocked in the most amount of total minutes at 959. And then obviously Maggie Mulligan came in second, and they will be losing, or they did lose Maggie Mulligan as she graduated, and so did Leah McDermott, who rounds out the three spot in minutes at 836. Uh, next, you have Bree Hampton Bay, Paige McCormick, and Henesis Rivera, followed by a few other players. The first thing that comes to my mind is the top of the top three minute getters for the minute women last season. Two of them are gone uh, due to graduating. Uh, their Their eligibility is up and over. And, you know, the next player, so really besides Haley, the player who got the most minutes was Hampton, Bree Hampton Bay. Bree, or, or I should start with Haley won, uh, or not won, but she was a all-conference second team for preseason. Bree Hampton Bay probably could have made it too, but uh, just missed the cut. 
So it makes sense that those their best two players uh, got the most minutes last season. So really looking a little bit deeper into the team, we know that they have a few new freshmen. They're really, really uh, confident with who they brought in, their recruitment class. Uh, Destiny Felixi, I believe that's how you pronounce her last name, um, as well as Anil Soisal. She's actually a redshirt freshman simply because she was injured for all of last season. She'll be filling in for Maggie Mulligan. Uh, they also talk about Jessica Nelson. She's going to be a forward for the team. Um, Alexa Kellner from Stanford, Connecticut. Madison Lowry, I've heard a lot about her. I guess she can uh, shoot fairly well as she's a 6'1 guard. She'll be interesting to watch. And then Asia McCoy, who's, from what I've heard, a little bit of a scrappy guard willing to get in there and um, get some rebounds. So they're definitely they're definitely really confident in what they have for freshmen. Haley, halfway through her college career, is playing the best basketball uh, you know, it, of her, you know, of her career, of her coll- collegiate career at least, um, and she'll be with Jessica George as co-captains. So what we will do is I'm just going to play some quick sound bites from Jessica and Haley that I got at media yesterday, and here's what they have to say about some random preseason questions. How do you think you take like the next step this season after a good year last year? Oh, um, I think everybody's just being like, open about everything and we're using the motivation from um, the place that they picked us in. Like they picked us what, to finish what night, did you say? So we're just using that as motivation. Um, I think everybody's just coming in. We, we as captains, we kind of just keep everybody in the right track. You know, um, in practice, we're all working hard, talking to each other, making sure we the right things, going and off the court. So it just, start, it just starts with that, and then everything else just kind of falls in place. Uh, you just talk a little bit more about your role stepping up as captains this season and what you've done so far and how you feel. Uh, so last year I was a captain, but it kind of felt different because I was like a sophomore with two seniors. So I kind of felt like I was like the third captain with two seniors. So this year is kind of more of like, it's literally like Jess and I's team. So I just feel like I have more of a significant role, I would say. And um, I feel like I have more of a say and more of an impact on people. So just kind of like knowing that and just trying to always do the right thing to lead everyone and knowing that like I have that place is kind of like the main difference. A lot of new faces on the team. Just how do you set the, the bar for all these new players all at once? Uh, you literally just have to do what is expected of us. If you do it yourself and you kind of voice that you expect others to do it too, like they'll follow. Um, Haley, coming up on a thousand points, is that something that's... Oh, wow gonna be in the back of your mind or I mean yeah sure like I forgot about it which that's kind of crazy I forgot about it but yeah that's cool <laughs> yeah like that's exciting but kind of the main goal for the season is just to get postseason play like I could score zero points for the whole season if we're in the NCAA tournament like I'd be completely fine with that all right so that was a, a sort of press conference with Haley Lydell and Jessica George that the Collegian and WMUA sort of interviewed those two about the upcoming season. Uh, Jess George touched a little bit upon um, 
just her leadership role and how to sort of inspire new faces on the team to work hard. And then I asked Haley about her sort of thousand point, uh, I guess, benchmark coming up for her. Gives a very humble answer, says she sort of forgot about it. I asked her if it would be sort of in the back of her mind, but as the selfless teammate she is, she said I could score roughly zero points, and but as long as we get to the NCAA tournament, I will be happy with that. So definitely Haley is establishing herself as a team player. They'll, they'll need her to score if they want to get to the NCAA tournament, but you like that you know she's sort of taking a back seat to the team's main goal in getting to the NCAA tournament and that's probably you can tell that that's going to be the forefront uh, in terms that's going to be in the front of her mind as she progresses through the season but it'll still be exciting for the team and her to celebrate her thousand points when uh, she gets to that at some point soon I'm guessing um but yeah, you know, it's she's already established herself as pretty much the best shooter in UMass women's basketball. There's really no denying that. I think she broke the record for single season three-point field goals last last year. And yeah, I think she'll be the 20th member of the 1000-point club here uh for UMass women's basketball. So very exciting stuff coming up. Uh, we'll get to Coach Verdi's soundbite in one second because we also did talk to Coach Verdi. He gave some very good answers. He seems very confident in his team and his captains. So without further ado, here is our interview with Coach Verdi. Yeah, I'll go first. Yeah. Um, I know you've been branding this team as something special this year. We've heard of the Fantastic Five narrative. Could you maybe explain a little bit what that means to you? Yeah, that was just, um, you know, a term <clears throat> used uh, for the recruiting class that we brought in, um, you know, uh, and uh, that's how we felt. You know, we, we're in top four in recruiting class in the A-10 um, with the 2018 class. And, and so, um, you know, but unfortunately two of the, the five are, are injured and, and won't be back until, you know, late December. Um, so uh, we got the terrific three. So anyways, um, make a long story short, you know, excited about, you know, starting up excited about um, our returners uh, we feel like uh, they've grown um, and, 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 and improved their game and, and their skill sets mm-hmm. um, real quick and then it just seems like Hennessy is coming into her own what kind of presence do you think she'll bring uh, to the floor and locker room this season yeah you know I, I think you know she brings a scorer's mentality you know she has to continue to attack the, attack the basket for us um, you know and be ultra aggressive uh, you know and when she does that she's really really good and um, you know, she has a tendency to, you know, become really comfortable out in the perimeter and just settle for, for, for threes. Uh, we want her to be able to score at all three levels, you know, at the rim, mid-range jumper, and at the three. Uh, I was wondering if you could just talk about going to the scrimmage, what kind of things you're – are you taking a more experimental approach or are you just trying to see what works? Yeah, you know, right now we have a, we have a lot of new faces, um, you know, and, and, and we're lacking some post-depth right now. And, um, you know – with, with Anil coming back, you know, uh, again, she's only been cleared for two and a half weeks. And, and so, you know, she's starting to come into her own, which, which is really good. And she's getting her conditioning. And, you know, so we're looking at that. And, you know, so our, 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 
you know, lack of post depth right now. We're trying to figure out a couple things, trying to fill, you know, the void um, in that regard. And, uh, we, you know, we may have to play, you know, some small ball this year and, and go with five guards at times. Um, and, and so we're, we're, we're getting that down and, and we're looking at, you know, we're looking at the film and, and, and looking at seeing what that looks like. Um, you know, the one thing I do know is that, you know, we shoot the ball and, and, and when we're knocking down shots from the perimeter, you know, it just opens up the floor for everybody else. Uh, a lot of growth last year, one of the best records, six to the seven. Uh, how do you keep building on that? Yeah, you know, um, it's just doing all the little things. You know, you got to win each day, you know, and, and we're constantly, you know, preaching that to our team, you know. And, you know, you win games by showing up each and every single day uh, in practice and, and, and outworking your opponents. And, you know, our players understand that, you know, we have high expectations and, you know, uh, there's a certain way to practice and you have to bring it each and every single day and be focused and have a want to off the charts. And, you know, the more consistent we are in practice, the better off we're going to uh, be. And, 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 you know, and all that will prepare you to uh, win basketball games during the season. Mm -hmm. And then just no more Maggie Mulligan, no more Leah McDermott. Yeah. Expectations do you have for uh, Haley and Jessica kind of filling that captain void? Yeah, you know, um, obviously, you know, uh, both those guys, uh, you know, played a lot of minutes for us. Um, you know, we expect them to, you know, step up and, and fill that, you know, captainship. And, you know, uh, they're doing a great job and they're learning, you know, um, you know, they're learning how to hold people accountable and, and, and they're more vocal with each and every single day. But, you know, it's a process when you haven't, you know, when, when you really haven't done that before. And, and you know, it's, it's not easy to hold, you know, your teammates accountable and, and, and they're doing that and they're doing a great job. And, you know, they're going to continue to grow in, in that role. Um, but we expect uh, big things uh, from, from those guys. Great. Thank you. All right, so there you go. Hearing from UMass women's head coach Tori Verdi sort of touched upon uh, just really random questions about the up-and-coming season. Uh, you, I like to answer about the, the Fantastic Five. He sort of clarified that that was a branding statement that he used to sort of attract a really good recruiting class to the team uh to UMass and he mentioned how they're top four in the A-10 for uh up new recruits this season I did like that he he sort of gave a very specific answer um when asked about Henesis Rivera he said that you know she has a shooter's mentality a scoring mentality, which I do like that. He definitely answered my question in the sense that um, I wanted to know what kind of personality she was on the floor. I also wanted to know what impact she also sort of had in the locker room. He didn't completely touch upon that, but from what I've heard is that she's she's gotten so much more comfortable uh, comfortable on the team, and she's sort of a a catalyst in a role a role. Uh, she sort of, I, I don't know how to put it, but in the sense that, you know, as she goes, the team goes, and she has a more vocal presence on the team this year. So it'll be, you know, exciting to see not only, you know, Jess, George, and Haley uh, lead the team as official captains, but also, you know, see Henesis maybe come out of her shell a little bit and be that sort of extra leader that they that they might need so 
All right, so that pretty much covers all the UMass women's basketball uh, reporting and analysis that I have this week. We're going to cut to commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Red Sox and their World Series win. Uh, Stay tuned to the Unbeaten Show here on WMUA 91.1 FM. This is WMUA Sports. Show your UMass pride everywhere you go with a UMass Amherst special license plate. All proceeds benefit student scholarships and programs, and the special plate fee is tax deductible. Get all the details and order your plate at umassalumni.com or call 800-456-UMASS. Remember to ride with UMass pride. Hi, this is Coolio. I have it, you have it, we all have it. It's called blood. And every three seconds, someone needs blood. Each year, four million people need blood transfusions. You can help by becoming a blood donor. It's fast, simple, and safe. One donation from you can save up to three lives. Be a lifesaver. Call 1-866-FROM-YOU. That's 1-866-376-6968. Toll free to find out where you can donate and save a life today. You're listening to UMass Athletics on WMUA Sports. And welcome back into the Dave Strader Memorial Sports Studio. My name is Ryan Beaton here on the Unbeaten Show, 91.1 FM. It's a little bit after... 11:15. Right now, we will sort of transition into the Red Sox. Uh, talk about their big win uh, Sunday night, World Series champions. Steve Pierce with a very strong case uh, for World Series MVP wins it. Uh, some might argue David Price. I don't really agree with that. I think that's sort of the David Price fanboys that um, want him to win the MVP. Pierce just played too much of an important role, had way too many clutch uh, moments where he just came in and saved the team. Uh, Yeah, he really stepped up in not only the World Series, but the postseason. Uh, So it was really exciting to, you know, see a player that they brought on so late in the season come up that clutch in, uh, in moments where the Red Sox really needed him. And not only that, but I believe it was, I don't know if it was a week ago or two weeks ago, it was probably a week ago, here on the show, I predicted Sox in four. Uh, obviously, that wasn't true. Sox in five. I was surprised that the Dodgers did steal a game. Uh, however, we did call it here that the Red Sox would not win at Fenway Park. We knew that they wouldn't be going back to Boston. They wouldn't uh, win the World Series at home like they did in 2013. Uh, we knew that they were the Sox were going to either sweep or win it in game five. Um being on the campus of UMass, obviously very exciting. A lot of celebration going on, especially in the area where I live, uh, in Southwest. Very cool to see everybody sort of congregate in front of the Berkshire Dining Hall and just sort of sing Sweet Caroline, uh, listen to Dirty Water play. You know, you, you see all the true Red Sox fans come out and celebrate an afternoon, uh, excuse me, a uh, night, a late night that really deserved celebration after a much-deserved 2018 Red Sox season. So, um, yeah, what I will say is 
I wish that the Red Sox did sweep because it would have been so much more exciting to celebrate on a Saturday night. The crowd that gathered in Southwest was definitely one of the more mellow crowds I've seen last year after the Patriots lost to the Eagles. It was a little bit more of a like a devastated, malicious crowd. I think there, there were uh, multiple arrests made, uh, destruction of property. I remember that that riot was sort of a little got a little bit out of hand. So it was it was good to see that everyone was happy. I don't believe any arrests were made. Um, it was sort of a more of a friendly riot, if you want to put it that way. But it was definitely something that I won't forget. How often can you really say, you know, as a as somebody that grew up in Massachusetts, I get I get we're spoiled uh, Boston sports fans, and you know the the Patriots have been in the Super Bowl multiple times in the past uh, some years, and then the Red Sox are always relevant, and the Celtics are now a powerhouse, a soon-to-be powerhouse in the East. So I know it's I know it sounds a little pretentious of me to say, oh, how often are you going to see your team win the World Series? Maybe it's more more likely in this region than any other at this you know in this era. But still, it's it, it still feels special. I mean, maybe we are a little bit desensitized to the winning. You know, we've just gotten <laughs> so many titles over the over the course of the 21st century. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it does feel special. I remember the 2013 World Series. I thought, in my opinion, felt it was it was definitely different. I mean, it's funny because the 2018 Red Sox will go down in history as probably the best Red Sox team ever in terms of talent, the amount of wins they got, how quickly they sort of flew through the the postseason. Um, but it just, I don't know, it doesn't feel as special as the 2013 team. I feel like with the 2013 team, it wasn't, it, it was a team that had no business winning the World Series. Um, you know, I just, the ALCS against the Tigers, was so much more exciting, especially the the game two home run by Ortiz, and then I think it went six games against the Tigers, um, and even the World Series went like six games as well. So I don't know. I just it seemed like the 2013 team was more of a ragtag group of guys that um, just had a more special place, at least in my heart. Not taking anything away from the 2018 team, I think that. You know, it definitely we're definitely a little bit desensitized by all the winning and all the the pennant clinching here in in Boston and New England in general. But at the end of the day, we're more than happy as a as a town that just thrives on sports. That sports media takes very seriously. Will happily take another championship um, for the six one seven. So. An exciting time to be a Boston sports fan. Exciting time to, for me at least, be, being in college and just having sports be such a, a huge part of the college community. Um, it was really cool to just sort of get outside and experience, you know, a mass celebration that you wouldn't get to experience really anywhere else. So that was something I'll never forget. And I don't know. Who knows? It, the Patriots 
uh, are always in really a position to win as long as Tom Brady's on their roster. The Celtics are looking really, really good uh, just in terms of depth. And, you know, they're they're for sure. I mean, I, I they're for sure going to win the East. I don't see anyone else winning the East um, at all. I mean, maybe it comes close in the conference finals, but at the end of the day, I think the Celtics are a surefire lock to go to the finals. Um, and, yeah, I, I think the Warriors will be a little bit of a challenge for them, but who knows? Maybe the Celtics will be the next team to step up and win a title for Boston because I think – they're the next team due because I think they're the Bruins won in 2011 Patriots have won twice since um and the Red Sox have won in 2013 and now 2018 so I believe the Celtics are next because last time they won was in 2008 with the the big three there uh Ronda uh I guess you could say big four but uh with KG Pierce and Garnett so yeah I mean, the Celtics are in the right position to do it. Feels like it's actually been a long time coming. Now that I think about it, think about how long Brad Stevens has been on the team uh, as head coach now. it's It's got to be, what, like four or five years now for um, for Brad Stevens? And, I mean, you know, you look at a player like Marcus Smart, who's now the longest tenured Celtics player. So it used to be Avery Bradley, but now you think about Avery Bradley's gone too, so... It's it's a team that took a lot of rebuilding, took a lot of uh, draft picks acquired to sort of build up the talent that they have now. It took a lot of recruiting. You had to get Hayward to come to the Celtics. You had to get Horford to come to the Celtics. And you had to sort of uh, just build the team from the ground up. And, you know, uh, Brad, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Stevens has always been the best at maximizing his player talent. So I wouldn't really expect anything less from the Celtics this season. I mean, it's easy for people to hit the panic button. I think what they're two and two as of the time I'm pre-recording this. So, you know, I think it's easy for Celtics fans to sort of hit the panic button, but at the same time, you know, there's, I wouldn't really start getting worried until the, the back end of the season because that's when, you know, when teams starting start heating up, that's when momentum carries into the postseason and when teams start making deep runs uh, in the playoffs. So, yeah, that's uh, that's all I really have to say about... Um, I, I feel like we sort of went off into a tangent on the Celtics, but, that you know, I was mainly talking about the Red Sox. If we want to sort of go back into that, I think David Price pitched a fantastic Game 5 he came out, did exactly what he needed to do. He silenced all his critics. As he said in the press conference, he now holds the cards. So <laughs> he sort of has a, a high ground on all the reporters that doubted him or just kind of were a little too harsh on him over the years due to his you know, lack of uh, performance. So he, he, he definitely went out there. He sort of redeemed himself. I don't know. Personally, in my opinion, it doesn't redeem the years of sort of mediocrity that he had. But I will, you know, give him credit for having a pretty, a pretty darn good postseason this year. So you got to give it to him. 
he he got the job done, especially last or not last night, but Sunday night. And I think you also have to give credit to uh, Nathan Avaldi because he was another sort of last, not last minute, but you know, an acquisition that the Sox picked up. Um, you know, not really expecting a whole lot out of him. We knew that we knew right off the bat that we uh, the Red Sox would sort of get a they'd sort of be stealing that trade as you know they got the the much better end of that uh i guess transaction as you'll call it so Ivaldi uh pitched really really well in game 4 one of the best uh relief appearances from a starter that i've seen in postseason history uh you know sort of protecting all that garbage time that you know the game that went till like 3 30 in the morning here on the east coast so really just uh you know i mean the offense was really high powered but you got to give it to the pitching staff that that uh got all their you know got their stuff together late in the the season because you know the bullpen was always sort of a worry but you know joe kelly and all them uh they fixed it and they patched the holes and what else can you say, you know? So thank you. Uh, that's all I have to really say about uh, the Red Sox and UMass women's basketball and the Celtics, whatever else we touched upon today. Uh, thank you for tuning in to Unbeaten on WMUA 91.1. Uh, tune in next week, same time, Tuesday, 11 o'clock. Peace.